When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, SCP fans. My name is Gregory Carpin, and this is Simply Creative People, the show about SCP creatives, be they authors, artists, or off-site content creators like YouTube and TikTok. We're focused on bridging the gap between various fans and serving as an introduction to different concepts and stories on the wiki. So, many welcomes to all, and let's get started. So, hello to episode five. Hello, episode five. Yeah, that was awkward, but we're keeping it in. <laughs> so, episode five, as we were so, you know, smartly corrected last time around, should be the one where we talk about fifthism. So, fuck it. That's what we're oh. going to do. We're uh, so smart. Because we're smart. We're smart. And we take, you know, we absorb the credit from any smart suggestions, and it's just our thing now. Yeah, we absorb intelligence. It's what we do. It's how we got so smart. We've left husks behind us, just That's miles right. long. Just trails right. of brainless corpses. Hello, welcome to our podcast. Oh, also, I like to absorb the creativity of people, so I just want to see. I don't want to steal your ideas, I just want your fucking mojo. We're just going to leave you as plain, gray, formless idea corpses in our wake. <laughs> Idea corpses. Uh, so this is an episode about fifthism. Oh, I guess we should introduce ourselves. Wow, yeah, I we guess really we are. We are a podcast. We're not even remembering to introduce ourselves. So. We've already started with the chaotic nature of the uh, the GOI. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Gregory Carpin, author on the SCP Wiki, your all time host, and then our current and hopefully continuing co host. I'm uh, Harry Blank. I'm also an author on the SCP Wiki, they tell me. More so. You're more so an author. You got more stuff. I, don't, I, don't, I, I think it's, it's an I.O. sort of thing. You're either an author or you're not an author. So I don't, I don't think I'm more of an author. I don't take up more <laughs> physical space than you. I might take up more <laughs> kilobytes, but that's just because I use so many pictures. Uh, but together, we are one Voltron-like entity. Yes, we are one separate, and we are together also one. Wow, I just made a Voltron reference. I mean, that's old. Yeah, well, we are. This is the old people podcast. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, in previous episodes, I, I, I'm glad that we have stuck with this uh, intention to continue a segment where we talk about content creation, and mostly yeah. we've been talking about articles because that's what we do. Uh, we could also probably talk about image manipulation as well, but that's probably pretty boring. Uh, yeah. So we got a suggestion from who was supposed to be our guest, but unfortunately couldn't be here today, Marcellus Reigns, who's another author. You Very cool. Check out his stuff. Very cool. Very cool guy. Um, and the suggestion was to talk about drawing on personal stories as mm -hmm. inspiration. And so I thought we could talk about a few, you know, one or two articles from our own catalog that could connect to something that happened in, in real life. Or mine are more general, but turning mm. shitty times into creative wonderfulness. <laughs> or turning nostalgic, pleasant times into shitty stories of, of, of shitty experiences. No, I don't do that. <laughs> I prefer to ruin all of the good things that have happened. 
<laughs> to you or to everyone? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, did you have any articles you wanted to talk about, you know, some personal inspiration for? Yeah, the one that comes to my mind most immediately is a fairly easy one. It's even not a very long article, so it has that going for it in most people's mm-hmm. minds. Um, 5162, SCP-5162. What the hell did I call it? They all have names. Um, um, the Weight. It was called The Weight. Oh, right. I like this one a lot. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a personal one for me because it is, in a sense, it's, it's the most creatively lazy that I have. Uh, because I took a dream and I took a false memory and I wrote them down basically because they had a certain linkage that I could see between them. The dream that I had um, is this this sort of standard stress dream. Uh, uh, your brain crying out that you're worried about something and it was the idea of standing in an empty space holding up an immeasurably vast cube of weight and just being unable to put it down because if you put it down everything would fall apart and just this, this, this sense of your brain trying to find an unnecessarily metaphorical way as, as the gray matter, matter slashes around between your, between your ears of saying, you're worried about obligations in your life. Just this idea of weight pressing down. And I thought that was a very powerful image. But I also had this weird false memory, which is almost certainly misremembering a dream of being out on a sailboat, going out into a little crater lake, a secluded little area of water, and being able to see all the way to the bottom of it, to the stone, and there being an ancient sailing ship just sitting there at the bottom of the water. And it's just, it's, it's huge. It's a great, big, gigantic galleon sort of ship right there. And you can see it, and the water is unnaturally clear. And just swimming in the water with the sailboat there, looking down at this gigantic sailing ship that's all under the water, and just being oppressed by the thought of how vast and unmanageable that thing under the water was. And these both struck me as weird metaphors for for stress, for for um, yeah. things you can't control. And so Absolutely. I combined these two in my head into sort of this weird, esoteric, magical stress sink that somebody had made ages ago that is continuing to plague people to this day and um, completely cheated because it was my memory and my dream so i just stuck <laughs> stuck my our author avatar in there and said this happened to him very original and clever <laughs> but dreams work that way dreams are great um i've forgotten the number because other people's numbers escape me entirely but uh yeah, well, a, a even article, my numbers even a, my numbers are hard to remember so yeah, I, I can remember some of your numbers and almost none of anybody else's, but Jay Dune has an article called Dr. Rockefeller Always With Teeth. Oh my god, I Th- fucking love this article so much. Uh, well, I'll find the number after the break, um, but he wrote this based on a dream that he'd had, and it was just so vivid, this dream of this guy, this scary, weird, goofy old man named Dr. Rockefeller <laughs> who had this catchphrase, Always With Teeth, and it just stuck with him in his waking world <laughs> And he wrote the article, and it is one of the funniest, most horrifying things. <laughs> and, and that's that's it again. It's just dreams are your creative mind working over 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 time while you're not even working anymore, just trying to make sense of the world. So when you can remember some of that stuff, it's fairly potent idea fuel. Dr. Rockefeller, the SCP that Harry is talking about right now, is SCP-5648 by J. Dune. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, this one, the Rockefeller one, it makes me think of like a Monty Python sketch, like, but brought to <laughs> brought to such a level that is like maybe would have even been uncomfortable for them. That, that's it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, there's just these, I don't want to ruin it. And I can't remember all the details anyway, but the way that this individual who's the anomaly starts popping into people's lives is just the most uncomfortable and yet the most laugh out loud funny thing yeah. i've read i mean other than some of the stuff we talked about last week i i cannot stop telling people to read this article and yeah. Yeah. death knife which is a different j dune argue, article. Yeah, we could just do a whole thing on j dune really but I, I mean, no i, I told him it. on twitter we're not doing a whole author <laughs> <laughs> i told him on twitter we're not doing a whole author episode and then we recorded one that was basically about dave you fool it's so true. sorry dune sorry <laughs> It's all right. I'm sure he'll be, he'll be pleased by the shout out at least. But yeah, that's one of yeah. my favorite articles on the wiki. And, and we'll it comes have just on. from a dream. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I actually just wrote an article that was based on a dream. I, mm. I guess it was a dream. I woke up in the middle of the night and pulled out my phone to start writing notes on it. I remember telling you about this. Yeah. And it's a very strange series of images with no sound. It was basically what the dream was. I've been playing a shit ton of like Dark Souls 3, I think. And there's a lot of people... Uh, kind of on their knees, you know, moaning and, and kind of worshipping what looks like the sun, but who cares, we're not getting into fucking Dark Souls lore. But the point is, is that... You <laughs> oh, know, you'll a, do it eventually, we know you will. No, uh, nah, I, maybe. Bloodborne. We, we pivot maybe. completely away. No more SCP. Um, <laughs> we just run out of shit to say. And that one turned into 6002, or 6602. Which one is it? Jesus, I don't even know my own fucking articles. That's great. You know, what happens when you get more than 50. When you start out, you're like, I'll always remember the numbers. 6602. Jesus Christ, I wrote it down wrong in the notes. Anyway. Nice. Yeah, that is that is true. Like, now that I have, like, I don't know, 30 SCPs and 20-something tales, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, see, you gotta me, do it like I did. Because I, I have, I, I increment them, right? Because, like, 50, 56, oh, yeah. 5109, 5243, 5380. Like, if you do the numbers like that, you don't forget as easily. Do you remember when I first started? <laughs> you I did. Had, <laughs> I, I, I started my first two <laughs> articles, and then my third all had twelve as the last two this. digits. And I got so annoyed with it in hindsight that a I stopped doing it, and then b when I started doing tales to expand on some of the SCPs, I actually had a line in there where somebody called out the director for why were these all numbered the same? Well, I had them changed so that they uh, because they're all yeah. tied together. <laughs> I think I bullied you into doing that because I said something Maybe. like, why is it that the early ones in this series are all, the Foundation doesn't know they're connected yet, but they right, all end yeah. in 12 anyway? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> Dark oh, Souls, so, yeah, Dreams. So, so yeah, so I turned that into 6602, and 6602 is basically Great. a ghost story. It's about a series of kind of strange events that are happening in and around a mausoleum uh, in Germany. And I just took the imagery from that dream and like applied it, you know, where it just had people silently, you know, essentially bemoaning or mourning in a very exaggerated fashion. And then these like moving sort of still life images, which I turned into in the article, changing stained glass. And then I I edited the hell out of some stained glass to make it look right. Yes, you did. (laughs) It's beautiful. Um, Yeah, it took a lot. That one took weeks i think images Um, image-based articles man (laughs) yeah exactly and especially because there's no dialogue i think in the whole article um i don't believe there is any dialogue but yeah 
so that one's you know on based on a dream but the ones i wanted to really talk about were 5079 isolation reverie and 5923 a place i belong Mm. because those are both uh, they're not about the same thing but they fucking are about the same thing and one was you know maybe a month or two into uh pandemic into the lockdown and just being stuck in my room all the time and you know i don't think i was even seeing my girlfriend i mean we were seeing each other but we weren't seeing each other physically because oh no we're gonna get this virus yeah for months at a time and and you know the only person you would ever speak to is maybe your your housemate and then you're describing my present situation i don't really see <laughs> well, any difference here still yeah it's not really that different i've just got oh the pandemic remember what that was like <laughs> yeah god <laughs> meanwhile we are still in the middle anyway go on at least now i don't feel now you know we have you know vaccines and stuff so i don't feel as concerned i am very concerned still but it's not the same level of panic that was going on for that first few weeks yeah just lost in the ocean not knowing what to do right and 5079 is just that um it's about someone who is it's not about the pandemic but it kind of is because it's about someone who is just alone is you know where somebody just is like all the by they withdrawn from the world only this person doesn't want to be and sort of seeks out a way to connect with other people through some fairly stupid and nefarious ways uh which goes very horribly for certain amounts of people mushroom (laughs) that's right kept in the dark and fed bullshit it's a good article it's a really good article it's it's and it's it's a sort of a st- it's a standalone too. Which yeah, is, it's. I mean, it takes both of these are. Yeah, they both are. Uh, they both involve sort of the wider world that I've written in on the SCP yeah. wiki, but they don't require any previous knowledge of anything. Um, right. And then five nine two three, which is about again a series of dreams that is essentially haunting people of you know creative people that are like artists and writers and whatnot people that feel dissatisfied with the way the world is and promising them someplace better to to belong only the place that is promised is you know an empty uh ruined uh urban landscape basically and i don't want to say much more about either of them but both of them were 100 percent inspired by like just dealing with the fact that i've been unemployed and in pandemic and you know socially isolated and i'm a very social person and yet you know we've all been forced to stop doing anything like that yeah the the the, the place i belong really shows that off it's 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 a really really um evocative article especially in the the written imagery and you also set it off with the visual imagery and it's it's thank you easily one of your best articles thank it's you terrific one. yeah it's probably my favorite that i've written uh and it is not my most successful by any means but it certainly has been the one that's got i think a lot of attention there's been some pretty great fan art by like Aetheris, uh and there was even an adaptation by scp archives for it which is the only yeah. one i've gotten for that but i love it and <laughs> yeah i have totally listened to it more than once see that, that's how it goes I, I think i'd be deeply suspicious if i found somebody on the wiki whose favorite article that they wrote is their highest rated article uh, i think yeah. i'd be like what's i don't know if i trust that person <laughs> I, you know I, I don't know i guess if it was moto 42 oh well he doesn't have a choice uh, I, you know our most successful article is something that I'm incredibly well, fond of and proud yeah. of 6500 is, is approaching 500 so yes it's, it's our highest rated and it's probably the thing on the macro level we're probably the most proud of oh yeah god I mean 
like I think I said on an earlier episode, I think the only thing I'm more proud of than writing that or being part of writing that, it was graduating law school. <laughs> like, it just felt like such an accomplishment when that thing came together. Which, you know, we should work on maybe getting the whole, or at least a bunch of the authors together for one panel just to discuss it. I think that'd be, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so the important thing is, is that when you're, you know, you're thinking about writing something, uh, I think the inspiration for what you're writing doesn't have to be one-to-one it can be like with harry's the weight but it doesn't have to be it can be like this thing that just informs the tone or informs the imagery and every time an article i find out is based on my quote-unquote you know fill in the blank experience with a relationship or experience at school or experience or whatever those are the articles that really shine i think because they're not trying to do anything other than exercise that demon from within the, the author you know (laughs) <laughs> uh, speaking of exercising demons actually there's no demons in ah. fifthism, but you know it is pretty weird so we're going to talk about fifthism for the fifth episode yeah I think it would be hard to say that there is no anything in, in fifthism there's a little bit of everything in here because it is something else yeah my favorite thing about it and we're just going to start talking about the hub because uh, I talk to Famine Pulse yeah. all the time and, and He's done a lot of writing for it and kind of knows a lot about it. And he had reworked the hub to for the contribution side of things, where the tab that says, here's what you should aim for. And it really just right. does a great job of trying to describe what fifthism is about without actually explaining anything, which was very nicely done, Famine. <laughs> it's true. And he described it as, fifthism is an anomalous way of thinking and could be more easily understood as a byproduct of the anomaly at the heart of the anti-memetics division tale series. Or, there is no anti-memetics division tale series. We'll cover that at some point. We're not going to cover, even though there's a pretty famous article that's fifthist, that's part of that tale series. It feels like a real bad idea to only cover that and not talk about the wider series. So, we're not going to cover that here this time. But trust me, 3125 is certainly something that we are both aware of. And I've read it multiple times. So, but the idea there, if you haven't read it, and you should, because there is no anti-memetics division, is easily some of the best stuff that's been written. Oh, yeah. In genre fiction, period, in my opinion, let alone on the wiki. Um, It's beautiful, yeah. It's this entity that is outside our universe, but is unknowable uh, and is essentially, you know, the absence of knowledge or whatever. And uh, if it gets close enough, you know, bad things are going to happen. But it really does fit (laughs) in very well with the whole fifthist concept because Famine goes on to describe that these concepts are virulent and evolve from mundane subjects, such as something as simple as a surf rock band, a self-help book, baptism stamp collecting chapstick etc <laughs> chapstick is my favorite i don't i didn't read every article on the hub but i didn't see one about chapstick and i think that's a ama- I, I hope that there isn't one i hope he just included chapstick in it. Just leave that empty <laughs> yes forever and now someone needs to at some point try to write that uh the overall yeah, feel somebody somebody won't get Go the ahead. joke and they'll just write a chapstick article. oh yeah yeah they need to chapstick come on fifth is chapstick <clears throat> no leave it empty leave it empty Let, leave the noodle incident joke the way it is it's fine <laughs> So the overall feel of each manifestation of fifthism should be a concept that is transcending reality in a subtle but unmistakable manner. And the people and entities that are caught up in it. And here he kind of gets into the core concept. And again, this is how I mean he explains it without explaining it. Because he says a 
Fifth, this concept is classically defined by these qualities. First, each branch is a group of individuals, something like a cult, but it could also be a following or a fan base. Each branch dies and is reborn as something else, loosely related to its previous form. A fifthist sect begins as something completely unrelated to fifthism and slowly metamorphosizes into a fifthist concept, at which point it becomes begins to transcend or warp reality. I think it's more likely warp reality. Yeah, it's definitely warp generally. And the final idea, which is what we already kind of hinted at, with the fifthist entity is not directly observed ever and is generally agreed to be unknowable. It cannot be certain that fifthism itself is any manifestation of its motives or lack of motives. So anything weird that we're about to talk about, and there's a lot of very strange articles that are great. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm not, that's not a question of their quality, but they have some very unique ideas. Uh, maybe at the core of this, the entity that's inspiring it, or entities, we have no way of knowing if anything that these people are doing has anything to do with what they want or don't want. <laughs> yeah, any any one interpretation could could be meaningful or meaningless, um, and they're often so opaque in the way that they're presented that even if, if if any one of these particular things was the answer to fifthism, you'd have a hard time figuring out what that means. I mean, even the first article that was written for it. Um, 1523 by Silver Escher. You, you can't really understand it by reading it. You just have to get the vibe. Right. Yeah. And I think we go I mean, back into. Well, no, this isn't very Lynchian. But in the same way that Lynch will do those same ideas of it's really just trying to evoke a feeling than it is trying to tell a, a concrete narrative. Yeah. It, it's it's the same as you were saying with victim with um with the VKTM with like who's in charge and what are their motives. It's like. I'm not really interested in that. So anything you say about it is going to to be, um, you're going to circle around the answer and not bother giving it. In 1523, their statement on their deity is, oh my it, God's full of stars. <laughs> right. There's a lot of Which starfish is just, and stars yeah. and the number five, and that's about all we ever goddamn learn about this entity, which is fine, because anyone trying to sit down and really concretely describe it, it's going to backfire it's not going to be a good article i think probably and see that that's what i think is cool about it though because it realizes something in lovecraftian cosmic horror that lovecraft never did because he's always got the people going crazy and he says they've gone crazy and then they gibber a little but because lovecraft couldn't write dialogue to save his worthless life um it never comes across very well whereas almost all the the fifthest articles give you a sample of what someone sounds like when they see the color out of space in their yeah. mind and they sound completely bonkers and most of the art articles are written by people like famine pulse and silver Escher, who are extraordinarily good at evoking just completely transcendental loopiness yeah i mean that's the best part is i think is the irrationality of it right i mean they the ideas that are communicated you, you know, when I first read one of the Fifthist articles, my first thought was, ah, what? <laughs> like, I get how right. it made me feel, and I get the overall progress of, of, of the plot, if they're, you know, as such. Uh, but I don't, I just feel uncomfortable, or I just don't understand, because it feels like you are talking to somebody that's off the street who is, you know, uh, potentially dealing with some heavy, uh, you know, dimension <laughs> or... or, or or some sort of psychosis, you know, not trying to speak in a demeaning way about anyone's mental health, but just in that same, like you said, like it's not labeling someone as mad, quote unquote, the way Lovecraft would. It's like, well, what, what no, would this is like? 
yeah, this isn't human mental illness. This has, has nothing to do with the unfortunate ways in which our brain chemistry get altered by real life. This is about complete magical lunacy. This is about psychedelic yeah. responses to uh, esoteric stimuli, and it's how it warps people's brains in ways that does not happen in the real world. And I mean, I think the early articles were really just focused on that. And then as we went further, that just becomes a backdrop, which is, I think, a good thing, because then it starts to be about what kind of vehicle can we use uh, to to talk about this otherworldly, you know, madness. You know, the Eldritch Truth is basically what this is about, only it's draped and dressed up in a way that directly criticizes, I think all of these directly criticize groupthink, uh, the influence of, mm-hmm. of charismatic leadership and and and, uh, and obviously cults, and not like oh that's an evil cult. No, like the manipulation of cults. Yes, and including the cults to which many millions of people belong. Yeah, like life. the cult of celebrity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I was referring. <laughs> and you know, uh, we're gonna we're not gonna cover fifteen twenty three, but that is the one that sort of started everything off. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, but I think it's a lot. There's there's other ones that are can like got more to bite into. So let's start off. We're going to talk about yeah. 1425, which is star signals, which is probably oh. one of the most famous ones. It's certainly the one that I think of first when I think of fifthism. You will gag on your need, and until you do, it is a resonation space for you to build your will like organ music in a cathedral. <laughs> Just not even going to explain that. All right, so. <laughs> Yeah, so this is one of the best articles on the wiki. I love yeah, it. It's it so good. ramps up in such a subtle... <laughs> it does it ever. ...this really subtle way. And the best part is is that it feels like it's building towards the end of the world. And it doesn't go that way. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it's sort of resolved. Uh, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> the scary thing is, look how close we came. Yes, there's a dual scary thing, because it's clearly heading for the end of the world and then the scary thing at the end is us why why we why it didn't end and it's because we're kind of spooky too. right <laughs> uh so let's just kind of go into the basics so star signals yeah. and the uh aforementioned scp 1425 the anomaly itself is a self-help book uh that talks about in the same way that like the wish did 10 years ago kind of putting out your you know your will into the universe to to manifest things around you only it works uh and it works a little too well so it's a self-help book that reorders the brain of its readers literally making them violent and irrational but not in a predictable way it's published and distributed by a quote-unquote influential cult whose membership consists largely of celebrities actors musicians authors television hosts and other personalities and right there you're supposed to i think just remind you of anything (laughs) read between the lines about a certain real life uh, phenomenon that we won't name because they're extraordinarily litigious and you're you're a lawyer so that's right (laughs) that's right whoever they might be uh yeah we don't know the contents of the books are summarized and described in such a way in the article with just these little snippets so it's not a hugely long article though it is not you know, short necessarily, but they only really summarize these little snippets. And as it progresses, it gets more and more upsetting and not upsetting the way that like a horror movie does, but in the way that like you described almost Lovecraftian, like you are experiencing the Eldritch truth uh, to the point where like, it's not even written in English uh, or any language by the end. Yeah. It gets into glossolalia (laughs) towards the end, which is a a recurring feature in the fifthism stuff. So uh, they're very rational and unsettling, but they 
absolutely feel real. And what I mean by that is, I have never read a self-help book cover to cover, but I've certainly flipped through them, and it feels like those books. Like The Wish, yeah. or like, you know, uh, some of the more out-there transcendental meditation books. Is it The Secret? The Secret? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, sorry. I keep saying The Wish. but yeah, I was going to let it go because we don't want to no. give them any traffic anyway, yeah, but you said it twice, that. so I had to say it. Uh, yeah, it's, But there it's are other... Complete like, bullshit. Of, yeah, okay. lots of other examples of, you know... Uh, formulating what you want in your mind have have a dream board yeah uh or you know whatever fucking crystals whatever you clean your room (laughs) um and this really and this was by silver escher and i i I think it's pretty clear that he either read uh the secret or something like it to formulate the basis of this because like i did with five five one two like the best way to look at how do I recreate the sense of a cult? I better look how actual cults write shit. <laughs> Grigori teaches everyone how to accidentally get sucked into a cult for this. Well, no, how to create one. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. I think you could just. Uh, I think L. Ron Hubbard has actually delineated precisely how to do that in some of his writings. Yeah, he did. Yeah, we're not gonna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 we're not. Anyway, um, so I'm just gonna read some of the article, but very brief snippets. Uh, later chapters of the book serve to alter the thoughts and desires of the user, and that's not the weird part. The weird part is approximately sixty percent of the readers who read the entirety of the book exhibit a mental condition called Ohi syndrome, and that is based off of this family of three who are uh, arrested in Ojai, California, which I appreciate that there was a call out to someplace in Southern California. Uh, Where all the crazy hippie cultists live. Well, that's not not inaccurate. <laughs> uh, but um, these this family of three, I think it's a mother, a father, and a teenage son, uh, assault someone and continue to ask them uh, questions about this, you know, this book of you know kind of speaking nonsense at them and then when they don't give the correct answers start like carving passages of the book into this man's skin and you know just it gets it gets wackier and wackier in a scary way and yes basically what happens is anyone who reads this book well not anyone but you know almost two-thirds of the people that read this book will end up with the same sort of uh, disorder or syndrome in, in which they are unpredictable irrational violent but all along the lines of this quote-unquote religion. Yeah. The, one of the things that really stuck out to me is this passage here where it says, no critical reviews or other analytical reports have been published in newspapers or on television, and roughly 80% of online reviews have been deleted by the website's owners. This mm-hmm. is later determined to be an intentional action on the part of the fifth church, which is this cult, part of... Uh, the mind-altering effect is a reluctance to openly discuss the actual text of the publication, even in celebrity endorsements. So there's a lot mm. of examples in the article of celebrities. And the best part is, is that some of the celebrities named are people that are attached to things in real life that are kind of similar. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's no other cult full of celebrities that suppresses all information about their <laughs> internal doctrines because it's so weird when they hear about it. Yeah, Right, so it, it really speaks to me... Uh, of the like sort of an indictment of powerful media uh or individuals to like tailor the truth um yeah. and, and to like silence criticism yeah absolutely uh, and in a really scary way because it's directly about something that's going to cause you to you know lose connection to reality and become a violent person yep and you the book just, is selling you can like just see it happening oh yeah 
And the book is selling millions of copies, and people are going on to television shows and talking about it. It's affecting people that are like newscasters and are having like little breakdowns on television. And the, the article does a really good job of ramping up these events uh, kind of slowly at first. Uh, as, as things progress, the public is made more and more aware of the book uh, and its philosophy and kind of unclear about it whether or not it's become a public uh, knowledge that the effect it's having on people. Uh, they have these televised incidents of unsettling irrational behavior, but the foundation swoops in to, to cover it up. Yes. And so they actually you know, are trying to destroy all the books and cover up its existence. And then the cult is actually doing it the same for themselves because they're afraid of backlash, I guess. Yes. There's the impression that the cult didn't know quite how <laughs> right. successful this would be. And they're freaking out a little. <laughs> I think there's also sort of an implication that the work being done to silence uh, the book by the foundation and the cult is actually like spreading things because mm, yeah. they think at one point that it's completely cleared out of the United Kingdom and then it turns out that now there are thousands of copies still there and affecting people still and what's really cool is that the events that are televised start off as irrational strange behavior and then kind of escalate to very very uh, explicitly supernatural events yes um and many, many people are exhibiting this Ojai syndrome to the point where, like, it's like hundreds of thousands of people, and it really does feel like here's the end of the world. It's going to get worse and worse until the foundation succeeds. It's able to eradicate it from public knowledge and actually, like, erase the fact that it was ever a best selling book or that any of these events took place. Um, that right there, they start effect. I think they use Project Lethe, which is another article that affects people's, like, uh, the generals. Uh, collective unconscious yeah uh, and so it's kind of implied that the foundation not only did their typical authoritarian you know cover up the truth thing but they also like used an anomaly to then erase knowledge of this yeah they freaked out real hard <laughs> and 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 crossed the line just to make this stop because it was starting to be uh, more than they could manage completely yeah and I mean the time scale involved is just in weeks like it, you can it, it's like in any zombie story when they start talking about the spread of the virus uh yeah you show a map or something like in the world war z or something as oh and then it was here and then it was here and only it's this book <laughs> it's the star signals yeah, it's just it's the period surrounding this book yeah um there's a line at the end where they say it's a hard notion to swallow even for a foundation researcher that we could cut three weeks of western culture from memory and history that doubt is justified <laughs> so, we we aren't as scary the foundation we as um as what was going on but still pretty scary yeah, uh i you know this is probably one of the earlier articles i saw that directly called out which has obviously informed a lot of my work this idea that like yes we all understand the foundation is the lesser of two evils but maybe that's like not an order of magnitude smaller <laughs> yeah there's this is one of those things where it got so crazy and so fast that it's kind of like you had to do such a crazy thing to make this stop maybe this was meant to be the one that that told everybody that anomalous <laughs> stuff existed. Maybe this was supposed to be the end point of the foundation. And they were just like, nope. Especially because the attempt to silence, I think, allowed the wider spread of this cult behavior. Yeah. Because, like you said, even the Fifth Church 
doesn't, or at least what we can read between the lines, did not expect it to spread like this. And I really do feel like it had as much to do with the Foundation coming in, uh, you know, erasing people's memories, covering up events, and then the book is still out there being handed between people, and some people are not warned ahead of time uh, that, hey, this book is a really bad idea. It's like the king in yellow. You don't want to read this fucking book. You can't stop the signal. <laughs> Uh, and we don't. I'm not going to go into the specifics of the events because I think that's the real star of the show. These little oh, television yeah. snippets, uh, and just know that there is a connection to stars. There is a connection to smoke, and I mean as a conceptual, but as also as a physical, like particulate. Uh, and these concepts will continue to to pop up here and there. Yeah, we'll be talking about that when we get to 1982. Yes. Oh, I love 19. Not the year. These early the ones. Are <laughs> yes, no, I have no memory of the year 1982, not having existed. Well, I existed technically, but it was like a year. But Because uh, I'm old. <laughs> so we've been asked a few times to talk about some of the international articles, and I thought it was mm-hmm. about time that we did so. Uh, I did. Yeah, we should talk about what that is just briefly. Oh, um, that's true. Do you want to, or do you, or you want me Go to? Because I have read. Okay. Um the SCP wiki is made up of more than a dozen different branches um, for different languages. An English branch, a German branch, a Vietnamese branch is the newest one. And um, the article we're going to be talking about comes from the Spanish branch, um, ES. And the, uh, the branches all have translated articles into English which are available on a website associated with the wiki called the International Translation Archive. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's called uh, SCP ES-105 by Morhado. Yeah, and so there are articles that are in uh, foreign languages. This one originally was in Spanish, and then the international branch, as you just mentioned, those are, for the most part, they are translations to English to be accessible by the English wiki. Yeah, this one in particular was actually written by Morhado and translated by Morhado as well. Uh, And they've translated a few of my articles as well. It's a Spanish. And same. Uh, So this is SCP-ES-105. Uh, and it's a manifestation, I really like this one, a manifestation that appears at an altitude of 25,000 meters several days before events and throughout the events considered important. And this could be a concert, a riot, sightings of unidentified objects or creatures, which I like the idea that this that a concert is the same thing as a riot, is the same thing as a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this, this truly is the everything but the kitchen sink GOI. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think this cuts to the heart of the, uh, this GOI because what it is concerned with is people's attention. You know, that's yes. how the information gets spread. And so this is a strange replacement of heavenly bodies. Um, it's altering the perception of those within the area, making them believe, but it's only within the area, uh, that the firmament, or the stars, the sky, etc., currently present is non anomalous but it will be presenting a fairly anonymous thing and it's not always the same it can be all sorts of different phenomenon uh but you know it'll replace one constellation or it'll replace this section of the sky yes i learned a new word from it which is asterism which is a uh, symbol created by stars i didn't know that one that's a good word i like that oh like a asterism constellation 
Yeah, because yeah. asterism means an aster is a star. So an asterism is, uh, it's like an initialism, right? A word made of initials. Yeah, this is uh, yeah. something made up out of stars. We learn something new every day. We're learning things from the SCP, Rick, you imagine. <laughs> uh, so those affected within this area will stop perceiving stimuli outside of the area. So that doesn't just mean people calling your name. It, it implies a lot more so. So they're not really noticing anything that's going on outside of the area that's affected. And they proceed to perform specific actions depending on the constellation or asterism presented in the sky. Uh, The first notation of occurrence is during Woodstock, which was this fairly famous uh, music festival in the 60s, late 60s. Uh, And when Jimi Hendrix, alleged uh, fifthist, but it's not Jimi, they spell it like his whole name, which is really funny. Uh, says, and I quote, imagination is the key to my lyrics. The rest is painted with science fiction, emphasizing the star's powers. And approximately blanked out percentage of attendees were permanently affected, resulting in the formation of eco-friendly villages and eventually culminated in the back-to-earth mo- movement. So this, this like, created hippies? <laughs> or <laughs> made them more hippie? Uh, yeah, I think it's really funny that, like, the negative effect is they became environmentally conscious <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible yeah. yeah god help us if that would have happened everyone oh, no. gosh you know uh, another incident happens few years later at a vietnam war pr- protest and the uiu arrests 10 people who quote unquote disseminated an alternative form of hippie this is a direct quote hip philosophy <laughs> giving great importance to incense rituals chants stars and the number five which is your first big clue hey this is fifth this yeah the article goes into a log of all these different events, and like a lot of these articles, those are the star of the show, and so I don't <laughs> the star of the show. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, this is it. only the beginning, but sing and let the smoke in so they won't find you. <laughs> um, the log is full of interesting, weird events, so I suggest everyone go and read it. We won't spoil it, but the ending is really fascinating because it it moves through to this leader, this religious leader in Uruguay who keeps a pretty intense journal. And it's, it is the trope of a journal being kept over years, but this is a really effective one where their experience with fifthism in relation to their congregation. And it seems like they turn, they started off as a fairly mundane uh, Christian, possibly Catholic preacher. It's not clear. And slowly, but surely become, you know, the fifthist uh, weirdness. Uh, and you get to yep. like get a front row seat to how this philosophy might slowly like melt your brain. Yes. So yeah, go check that one out on the International Translation Wiki, where you can find really all kinds of really awesome stuff. I've used some of it to reference in some of the works that I've done. So if you go to the wiki and you go to Sister Sites, the first button underneath that pop down that drop down menu is the SCP International, and that's where you would find this and many other articles. Many, many, many. Uh, so, we're going to talk about an article by Famine Pulse, uh, who is one of one of the authors that has most influenced me, I think, uh, and is exceptionally talented <laughs> at writing articles that are just unsettling and strange. And don't Absolutely. ever stop to explain anything. <laughs> no. Famine be, Pulse is incredible. Yeah, he really is. Uh, we'll not be describing it but he wrote two articles I think everyone should go read, which is Worry, Worry and Night- and uh, Sweat Mother, which is, I can't remember the number of Sweat Mother, yeah. but they're both just 
madness. Worry, uh, worry is one way. of my favorite things on the on the wiki. It's this oh, yeah. beautiful, just Lewis Carroll style. Just it, it's absolute madness. It was uh, it was written for the Canon Renaissance contest, I believe. Right. And yeah, it was completely off the wall lunacy in um, in book format. It's, it's one yeah, of my it's favorite. Like, it's like what if Chaucer wrote really really strange shit. Yes. <laughs> Yes, not that 1982 is uh, is the one we're going to get to here is right. is particularly normal either because Famine no. is just incredibly talented at gibberish that makes terrible sense. <laughs> yeah. Again, very evocative. Uh, and I've talked to Famine a bunch, and I know he's a big fan of of Lynch, uh, and I think I see that influence pretty clearly. Yeah, I mean, fucking cluckatoo two shoes, the no money having fucking dancing parrot. <laughs> Praise. The stars, big, big yeah. cheese Horace. Are you going to describe this one or SCP nineteen eighty two? So let's. Or, or are we just going to start speaking just, in tongues? Just start reading things from it. <laughs> it would be effective. So this is called. So this is nineteen eighty two, yes. and it's called First Southern Fifthus, uh, and it's a church in Blairsville, Georgia, covered <laughs> by a fumigation tent. Uh, public rec- and just, yep. just that's the description. I love it so much. It's just covered yep. in. It still is. That's the way it is. Public records show that the building has been condemned for 19 years and was previously the location of the First Southern Fifth Church of Georgia. Inspection of the interior reveals the area to be empty, save for 10 rows of pews, a large wood-burning furnace, and an altar. And there's really nothing strange that happens around there 364 days out of the year. But on August 23rd, every year, if an individual approaches... And this being almost anyone, it turns out that this anomaly does not draw people, does not convince people to appear there. It's just if someone happens to approach it on this day, uh, an individual will stick his head, just his head, and there's a great image in that article, sticking out of the fumigation tent with a pipe in his mouth, and he'll call himself Celebration Big Cheese Horse. Perfectly normal name. Celebration Big Cheese Horse. Uh, and he'll greet the individual if someone approaches on that date. So far, every one of them has been either Georgian residents or people from outside Georgia that are rich or famous. Yes. <laughs> Which is a pretty funny line in my opinion. Yes, especially considering how it goes on. And anyone that goes into the tent, which Big Horace, Big Cheese Horace will step out and introduce themselves and say, Greetings, brother or sister. Uh, come join the congregation. Uh, and they will invite them in. Uh, and those people will never be seen again. Yes. Uh, although there is a, a tale, which we're not going to cover here, which is called Broadcast, which is about somebody going in and then coming out. So if anybody yes, wants to go read that, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah, by Gaffsey, who is right. another master at writing craziness. That's not the strangest thing about this article. The thing that really shines yet again is it's essentially a log of radio signals. So for on this date, for two minutes every year... Um, on that every year on that date for two minutes, the radio signal will broadcast uh, something usually by Big Cheese Horace, but it could you know it's unclear. And I, I don't want to read them all because these are the ones that are really like very, very strange and really evoke like this otherworldly, you know, I don't want to say horror, but it is very unsettling because uh, it feels like a Southern Baptist church only one dialed up to madness. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 radio horror humor, which, of course, is obviously close to your heart, considering that's yeah. where VKTM started. That's right, it sure did. 
Uh, and I don't even know if I'd read this one yet. I think I probably had, but uh, clearly, uh, the more I read about this, the more I thought, wow, you know, Victim could almost be Fiftus. It's not. <laughs> never say it will. It is, but it could be. <laughs> Immediately so, terrified you might have explained something. You had to jump right on it. It's not. I don't explain shit about Victim. All right. <laughs> so I'm only going to read one of them, and it's the one that happened on August 23rd, 1987. And it's a direct quote. Now you must enter the wizard drum of the divine. Like, now, hear me, brothers. Like morning grass after a cut in the summer. You gotta waft in here. Can't be like no two-footin' northern fifther. Barging in like you found a dollar. No. Gotta slink in real smooth like a smell. And understand now, brothers, you gotta destroy the body. Break it down! That's what them northerners don't understand. <laughs> and that's the whole fucking broadcast. Yeah, all just as sensible and cogent and coherent as that. And as I will always say, anytime I'm talking about Fathom's artic Fathom's articles, just stop what you're doing. Don't stop listening to this. But right after you're done, <laughs> go and read 1982 and anything else by Fathom's articles because they always involve the most uncomfortable and unique uh, usually recordings he really shines when it's like a VHS or a radio broadcast and it's just these little snippets of content and you are left wondering what the fuck kind of world would create something like that <laughs> anyway uh, so let's talk about SCP-2456 which two is is it 2456 or is it 2546 mm. have I got it right or have you got it right it is two four five six. Yeah, I just checked. Okay. Well, yeah, all right. Two, Fine. Four, be five, that way. Six. Be correct uh, if you insist on your own podcast. Be correct. <laughs> uh, which is titled "Dreams of a Broken World" uh -huh. uh, by an author named Megalan, and this was their first SCP, which is yet another. We talked about it with uh, Big Sloth on my face. Sometimes people just show up with this, with their first article being something that's just fucking incredible, and this yes. one is so good. This is an excellent example of fifthism. <laughs> I can't believe this one was the first article. It's just so weird and great. Um, yes. So it's a mimetic parasite that the anomaly is a mimetic parasite that is present in an estimated 0.7% of the human population. So that doesn't seem like that much, but if you think about it, 0.7% of, of 6 billion or 7 billion is a lot of people. Yeah. Signs of infection include, but don't, uh, but not limited to an affinity towards astrology, astronomy, and or various pseudoscience, an increased proficiency in speaking foreign dialects, particularly those in the Balto-Slavic and Afro-Asiatic regions, prolonged episodes of acute psychosis and paranoia, just thrown in there, uh, OCD and a high attention span for geometric, geometric shapes, patterns, and sequences of five, represent, and, dis <laughs> and disassociative identity disorder. So these are the signs of the infection, but they're not the anomaly. Yeah. The anomaly is individuals who are infected could trigger after several stress triggers have been activated. It's unclear which ones are. The Foundation doesn't quite understand it. And they undergo what they call an alpha event, where they go down hard for three to four days of, of REM sleep for, you know, 96 hours or whatever. Yeah. They wake up, uh, you know, drowsy, obviously, out of it and they report a series of cryptic slash vivid dreams that usually consist of visions of past prophets or assorted theologies being executed by a saber or a theologist sorry being executed by a saber or sword and celestial bodies quote unquote dancing in the sky yes these individuals 
like without exception start preaching a new philosophy and the cool thing is each one of them seems to be a unique philosophy yes uh, which spread the infection so this is how the infection actually gets spread is people that go through this event start preaching and then the people that hear it uh but with direct auditory context so you couldn't just like listen to a recording or read a transcript of a little lambent liar lurking in a lonely sea. Think five irrational thoughts a day. Uh, all these philosophies are always monotheistic. Uh, the individual who becomes the prophet, quote-unquote, will begin as a variation of existing theology. Sorry, the philosophy will become begin as a variation of existing theology. Yes. The number five will appear frequently in the written doctrine. Godhead figures are synonymous with the sun and are believed to bring about a future apocalypse. Mentions of a non-existent... I don't know how to pronounce that word. <laughs> G, nope. Some kind of sea uh, uncommonly <laughs> appear in scripture. Uh, Foundation Research is currently searching for a correlation with that and some blacked out SCP. Uh, many references to celestial objects based on existing astronomical knowledge of the time. The appearance of hands and regular quadrilaterals in religious icons and symbols. Mm -hmm. Religious symbols of the sun have some limited form of mathematical significance. And so the file goes into the fact that, okay, here's how this these unique and very strange religions get started. They get started because of a mimetic virus, or parasite, excuse me. They get spread through preaching. And then when people get infected, they then become not only the host, but the, the vector... And they form their own philosophy. And so this is like this really weird kind of subtle backdoor explanation for uh, cults and small uh, individual like uh, belief groups. Yeah, this is like a weird little um, esoteric additional religion generator. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. And I think the, so, the most interesting thing is that the only people that are immune from infection are another person who's a, a vector. And so that means that they can never overlap. And so they are actually not like actually magnetically uh, oppositely charged, but like it seems like the mimetic parasite is intentionally trying to create as many variations as possible because the only people that won't be affected by it are people that are already preaching whatever their version of this strange philosophy is. And the file goes on to explain six instances of said religious religions throughout history. And again, like some of the other articles we've talked about today, those are the really, really good stuff because all this is lead up to these various examples. Uh, the fun thing about it is how like historically accurate it feels. It, it even borrows some actual history. But the file talks about all these different like cults that sprung up that had these lar like far-reaching effects that it turns out everyone is potentially infected by. Hmm. Which is just crazy. I mean, the fact that 0.7% of the human population already carries the, the mimetic parasite and we don't know what triggers it, the, the background threat of this anomaly is pretty intense. Yes. Which, you know, that's, I think, basically the secret to almost all the fifthism is, like, don't explain it entirely. Have it be about some unknowable elder truth. Oh, and also, at any point, any of these could end everything. <laughs> And above all else, make sure there's at least one insane quotable line in there somewhere. Yeah, the really... Uh, why I feel like I would be intimidated to write something fifth is, is that they really need to be, like, charismatic, 
strange as fuck and like unconnected to reality. <laughs> yes, I feel like there almost needs to be some level of doing drugs involved in here as as 1982 yeah. as 1982 says only round souls squares don't fit in this hole and I feel like that <laughs> might ex- I feel like that might exclude me by default being the straightest <laughs> straightest edge uh, of all in my my pathetic inability to consume any kind of hallucinogens whatsoever. Oh, uh, yeah, I've I've messed around with some, you know, they're not for me. You're from California. Well, yeah, this stuff is pretty common here. Like in high school I got offered stuff. Yeah. Anyway. I I have I have smelled pot in a dorm room many times. I'm sorry. Are you joining pot to hallucinogens? Um I think we just established that I'm as, <laughs> as, as completely unaware of, of an, <laughs> any kind of gradation of hallucinogens. Oh, All right, anyway. I have caffeine. <laughs> I have caffeine. That's what I mm. would know. Caffeine's real good. I like caffeine. Yes, I haven't loudly opened my can on, uh, on the air yet today, but that will be for the second half of this. <laughs> I'm going to change it up a little because uh, fifthism is all about chaos. <laughs> Well, actually, why don't we? Why don't yes, we pause for a break? Because we're pausing for a break. It's about an hour in. We keep going with the list after that. Sounds like a plan. So we are back, and something I mentioned on Twitter, uh, but I want to make sure we explain here. There are dozens of articles that are fifth this, so we are not going to be able to cover everything, even close. We'll probably come swing back around. For like I said earlier, uh, the uh, there is no antimimetics division is strongly influenced by it. There's also uh, constellation starfish, which we're not going to cover. Uh, so just so you know, if anybody's wondering why didn't you cover the, my favorite one, well. You know, there's so many we're trying to get like a broad understanding before we come back to it for a second episode, possibly, and do like a deep dive. That's right. So another one by Silber Escher, which is 3005, uh, and it's entitled A Light That Died by Silber Escher. Yeah. yeah. So currently it's uncontained by the Foundation. It needs to be located ASAP. That's the best part about the early stages of the... Uh, special containment procedures is that it's like hey uh listen we lost this thing and we need to get it back (laughs) yep but a catastrophic containment breach destroyed the facility and pretty much all of the records so we don't have any information about its appearance its behavior or any of the properties the only thing that we have is a test log, and it's not even a complete test log. Oh, but it's such a it's such a oh. wealth of information, my friend. It's it's everything you could po- yeah. everything you could possibly want to know about the anomaly. They're cha- <laughs> they're they're chained and lobotomized, but all it takes is to catch the surf. So this test log, and I will say that for the most part, articles that rely too heavily on test logs are not my favorite. Mm-hmm. But this one is really short sweet and just 
right to the point. And I, I think that this article was written for the 3000 contest, but I'm not sure. Yes, I believe it was. Uh, and it's such a short, like, and efficient article at describing, essentially describing the process of madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the best part is, is that not only do they never talk about the fifthest entity, there isn't even a description of the item. <laughs> no, all, all you get is a sense of there being pink light that's making people go weird. Okay. So the test log is set up such that whatever was input to this uh, anomaly, whatever the distance from the anomaly uh, when it was input, the time, what was output, and the comments. Yeah. And that's all we really know for each of these entries. And I'm not going to read them all, but I'm just going to read the first few. An apple, and which is the input, and it's and the output is rendered partially indistinct visually and to touch. <laughs> now, dig into that for a second. <laughs> that means you don't know if it's there or it's not there, but you can definitely tell something's there, and it's an apple. <laughs> yeah. We made the apple vague. We have found an apple vaguer. It's visually indistinct and to touch. <laughs> indistinct from what? The air? Like, it's just. Indistinct so good. to touch is a horrifying phrase. <laughs> That's right. So not only can you not tell what it looks like, you can no longer tell what it feels like. It's like people on the internet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, two kilograms a cube of iron. And the output is block continuously vibrated slightly for approximately 64 minutes after exposure. And the notes describe the researcher uh, complaining about a ringing in the testing chamber, which was really uncomfortable for them. And then when it's tested again, it rings for a similar amount of time. Only The only comment is the researcher saying, it sounded better this time. <laughs> You're starting to see the slight creep of insanity working its way in. And like a classic article always will, once they've uh, tested some inanimate objects, well, it's time to test some people. Mm-hmm. Lots uh, and lots of them. Yeah, there are a lot of individuals, mostly D-class, although not all, yeah. who get input into whatever this anomaly is and at first it's pretty you know schlocky stuff they get shredded they're you know vaporized flung apart violently ill flung apart they're violently ill they have psychological damage and then after a little while it becomes less straightforward horror and becomes babbling about how the object wouldn't let him near threatened somehow to send him somewhere else and then be free mm-hmm. and this was upsetting to this person The real star here is the researcher's notes, which is why I don't want to just read it, because it's basically the whole article. And you get this little window into how this anomaly, whatever it was, is revealing more and more about the concepts of fifthism. Not the philosophies that are evident in other articles, but whatever this other space is, wherever this unknowable entity is, and what effect that could have on the real world. Yes. One of my favorite is that they they input one one notebook and then output one one religion. <laughs> <laughs> and the comment is a light that died is shining in the water. I love that line. I love that line. It's it's a, it's incredible. Uh, and one of the last entries, which I will read because it's just amazing, is laid out exactly the same. Input distance time output comments. But the only thing it says is, in each line, 
don't worry about the body. <laughs> Only it's all misspelled. It's it's a fascinating article for the the depths to which it plunges, but also for all of you who who like having your own pet theory about what makes up D-class personnel, this article has its own individual contextual uh, explanation for what D-class are that you'll find very entertaining if you if you look into it. You probably won't headcanon it for the whole foundation, but it's a pretty fun. Yeah. And, you know, it, this is, a I think, a, a trope, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, where a foundation researcher gets a little too invested in an anomaly and then... Um, gets like lost in it either they become obsessed or it has this you know disastrous effect on them and i would say this is the most effective one i've ever read yeah that's the thing is all cliches and tropes have the capacity to do something incredible if you know what you're doing and you're on the right shit and this one definitely Mm -hmm. was this is like a whole article and i wonder if this is true and i i would think it would be a really effective way to write it is just write a whole article explaining everything and then just cut out yeah. like two-thirds of it and only leave the really creepy oh, shit. Oh, there is one like that too, Flax. I can't remember the number, but it's oh, the one that's yeah. almost entirely black boxes and people are just losing their minds in the real world still trying to figure out what what's in the black boxes. Yeah. And the blank spaces too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, there's another article here that we're going to talk about. Always so another one. Quite, I know. Well... You know, always with the teeth. <laughs> Dr. Grigori, always with articles. Uh, this article is 3519. It's called These Quiet Days by Sir Pudding. And yet again... Mm-hmm. What would a simulation look like from the inside right before they switched it off? Okay. Carry on. And yet again, this is a mimetic contagion similar to 2456. Uh, there's multiple vectors, though, and this isn't spread by words, but by print, visual, and auditory media. Uh, and it causes people, and this is the best because it's just the simplest thing ever, causes individuals to have a strong conviction that the world will end on March 5th, 2019, and that suicide prior to the event is desirable. Mm-hmm. It's like that Mark Wahlberg movie with the trees making people kill themselves. Oh, Only this is good. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to that, which was not. Yeah. No, no. Definitely. Carry on. Uh, there's a lot of archived containment procedures uh, procedures that provide a hell of a hook. I'm just going to read one of them, which is towards the end of this process, meaning it's closer and closer to March 5th of 2019, and it's, quote, grief counseling and suicide prevention is to be made available to all surviving Foundation personnel. Mm, that's a great sentence. I love that. <laughs> it's, it, it says a lot with very little. That is a hook that, that tells you like 50 things all at once. That's good stuff. And then the second sentence says, suicide capsules are to be made available on request. If you're really sure about it, man, here you go. (laughs) Neutralization orders are to be carried out for all surviving Keter-class anomalies whenever possible. Mm -hmm. Foundation facilities are to independently follow follow abandoned-in-place procedures when staffing reaches 30% or or lower, or at the discretion of the facility director. I always like these. I've written one myself where it's basically, um, what are the rules for when we're fucked? That's what this one is. Yeah. yeah. Only it's like happening. At, yours is like what to do in that situation. This is like, this is Yeah, happening. this is happening right now. Yeah. Basically uncontained and it spreads out and out and chaos, you know, reasonably follows. We're not going to spoil it because it should be read. You basically get to watch as society evaporates and falls apart. Yes. Uh, and then, and you know that's totally fiction, so you can enjoy that as sort of escapism. Right, that's right. 
as opposed to yeah. uh, the way it's happening. In the yeah, movie. like we're watching, my dad and I are watching the miniseries of The Stand now, the new miniseries of The Stand, and I gotta say, it really takes you out of what's going on in the real world to watch a bunch of people getting killed by a virus. <laughs> yeah, I, I started watching the new one, uh, and that, I think, came out late last yeah. year. Great timing. Uh, or no, 2020. Yeah. Or, I, um, Perfect. Anyway, and I didn't even make it through the first episode because I was like, you know what? The super flu, huh? Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. They <laughs> filmed it during the pandemic, so they got all those empty streets they could do and everything. So it was easy to film oh, and also yeah, the worst enough. possible time to release it. <laughs> and yet, you know, I, I was seeing how people were like obsessively watching like plague movies during this whole period, which is, you know, n- neither here nor there. But like I was like avoiding that shit like the plague. Yeah, I guess not. Ugh. And now we can't even say that anymore because people don't avoid things. No, like avoiding that. things like the plague is complete nonsense to a whole generation now. Running towards Especially the plague with open arms and mouths and sneezes. Maskless. <laughs> uh, anyway, what were we talking pronou- about? <laughs> well, we're going to switch to it. An article by Tufto. Oh, yes. This one's amazing. This one's fairly recent. It was written for the Holiday Exchange, which uh, we should probably explain. <laughs> yes. Every holiday, uh, there is a thread on the SAP Wiki where people say what they might like and what they could do in return for, like, a secret Santa sort of thing. Yeah. But it's all in your wheelhouse of creativity and so you would say hey i want this maybe an article written about this thing i like and then you would say what is it i can do um you know from a specific uh genre of article to you know specific characters or or motifs or art and this was written for gaffsy this think. was written for gaffsy yes by tough and- which is too like dinosaurs like not dinosaurs okay excuse me i don't mean dinosaurs like old i mean like large like talented beasts yes uh (laughs) big big named you know authors Uh, writing for each other that that was amazing um yeah Uh, Uh, i hate it i hate it so much i apologize to both neither of you are probably listening nope no no gaffsy and tough to aren't listening to this but yeah um (laughs) the beauty of of gaffsy's requests is I don't know how often he's done this, but he did it last year and did it this year as well. Gaffsy asks for a combination of things that do not combine well and just sits back and waits to see how well the person <laughs> the person who gets Gaffsy can handle the request. Uh, uh, got Rounder House this yeah, year, dude. and Rounder House did a great job. Got Tufto last year, and Tufto also did a great job. Yeah, this article's incredible, and it's it's... Not obviously fifthest until you kind of get into. Yeah, it. He, he asked for a combination of his character Lyle Burnley. Um, well, I, I will talk about very briefly after this, just quickly. And uh, fifthism and uh, Ijemia, the Imperial Japanese Anomalous Matters Examination Agency. Things that don't go together at all. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And then they did. Yeah, it's 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 really great. So yeah, to talk about Lyle Burnley. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lyle Burnley, I know particularly from an article on the Wanderer's Library called The Last Will and Testament of Lyle Allen Burnley, heresiographer. Um, Burnley's a character shows up in a bunch of Gaffsy stuff. Rounderhouse really, really loves this article and has written a bunch of stuff about Burnley on um, the wiki, the SCP wiki, but also, I think, on the Wanderer's Library. Uh, Burnley is kind of a... An intellectual explorer of of weirdness and esoteric stuff 
it's kind of like a Lord Blackwood thing, but he's exploring more intellectual yeah. weirdness. He's kind of like an intellectual right. Indiana Jones type, going into all these other weird locations and looking up all of this, these bizarre beliefs. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, but it's also usually got a bit of a bite to it. Um, I, I think uh, The Last Will and Testament of Lyle Allen Burnley, heresiographer, is one of the coolest articles on the wiki because it's him going through and leaving all of his earthly possessions to people and every single line hints at some gigantic, enormous, weird story that must have happened in his incredibly difficult and complicated life that makes you want to know more. It's like an entire page of story seeds that make you go, oh, I bet you that was, oh, what was that? Oh, I want to know what that story was. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I, That's like, good. Just one line at random. To the waters of the ocean, I leave those accursed books that will not burn. <laughs> it's Oh, that yes, that is a whole. That's like an epic. You could tell an entire epic to explain what that meant. Yeah, and and slowly and slowly but surely, it's being filled in over time. Um, not these specific examples, but the the exploits of Burnley, and that's part of the core of this article, although not the main thrust of it. It turns out. Yeah, so uh, it opens with a quote from Burnley. Uh, to be a heresiographer is by its very nature to take a specific position and look out from that vantage mm -hmm. for something to be a heresy it must be defined against orthodoxy and of course to call something an orthodoxy or a truth or a certainty it must be defined against that which is unorthodox or a lie or the certainty that something is not so mm -hmm. to define something as truth implies the lie shaped around it <laughs> Early heresiographers, those Muslims and Christians of the Middle Ages, had the certainties of state-backed dogma to guide them. They were the Orthodox, holding a divine truth backed by the ruler's power and the whole constellation of civilization. But the modern heresiographer, we can never know with absolute certainty which tradition, which truth is correct. What are we to do? How do we define the divine truth? And thus, what is heretical to begin with? It is not an easy task. Some would say it is impossible. Indeed, we shall never know the whole of it. All we can do is get glimpses here and there, flashes of illumination that allow a few brief moments of true definition. The heresiographer's task, then, is to determine which that which is an untruth and yet nevertheless exists. So we're dealing with a, a higher level of tone here than you might expect from the Poop, the, yeah, the poop Statue is, uh, website. <laughs> this is very it's not philosophical but it is very interested in the way that we view historical yeah, it's events. a philosophy of knowledge it's very 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 yeah. academic but also presented in an appealing literary way yeah it really reads like a very compelling uh historical article like a lot of uh, really good tough yeah, things like you're talking to an academic who actually knows how to uh lead an audience <laughs> who doesn't is not just writing for other academics exactly yeah, exactly uh, so the anomaly itself is a ruined Igenia base constructed during World War II in Vietnam and was intended to research and then weaponize an anomaly. Mm -hmm. The facility was eventually destroyed, but before that, it would anonymously change shape and have an effect on the, either the mental or the physical state of its occupants. Yeah. Dash 1 is a fifthest artifact discovered in an archaeological dig in Arizona, described as, quote-unquote, a corpse... Or, quote-unquote, a dead egg. <laughs> by, all right. By a fifthist leader, uh, fifthism, who later was interviewed, some anomalous aspects include able to create shards or beams of light which were used for changing or terminating individuals, 
ability to create illusions or strange lights, allowing for the construction of complex non-real environments. That makes me think that it's not just a hologram, that these are physical things that are no that are also not real. Yes. Uh, ability to alter and grow the man-made structures, ability to enhance the growth of plants, ability to provide anonymously large amounts of power as utilized by Ajumia during this operation. Mm-hmm. The ability to create a doorway, uh, and then you can read more about that further into the article. Mm-hmm. Uh, possessing a degree of semi-sentient thought, though possibly a reflection of the thoughts that are u- of the people using it or surrounding it. Yes. So, uh, Burnley actually uh, is in Vietnam, uh, doing his heresiography for the French colonial powers. Uh, but while he's there, he has this object. And he splits it in two. <laughs> As all good colonial subjects do. Or colonial <laughs> colonialists, rather. Well, he brought it with him. Uh, he, he, this is something that came out of an archaeological dig in Arizona yeah. that he got from the archaeologist of one Henrietta Jackson. And then he takes it with him and decides, uh, following an agreement with an unknown nature uh, with the archaeologist, to split it in two. Yeah, that's beautiful, and of course. Take somebody's artifact out of where it's from and then take it somewhere else into someone else's country and fuck them up with it. Um, he's listening to saying in his, uh, in his own hands, suspect this was perhaps something related to the fifthest god, but not of it. A similar substance with a similar origin, but ultimately unconnected. Mm. Lacking a shape to mold itself, composed of enough minds, it had no psychic power at all. Which says a lot. Like, it doesn't have a shape itself. It, it, it molds everything around it. Right. Uh, and, and some of the other articles that I've read that we won't go into kind of start talking about the fact that the fifthest entity, and this is certainly at the core of uh, There Is No Anti-Memetics Division, uh, the fifth entity is something that like consumes or replaces ideas. Yes. Uh, in the actual idea space, so something that is consumed by this entity or gone into that space is then now gone from the world. Right. And this makes sense if this was related to that because it you know has no shape to itself but can shape everything around it, which is like like an overriding of local reality without it actually becoming part of reality. Right. Uh, so half of this thing is stolen while he's in Vietnam in the 30s. Uh, and then, when he's about to leave the country, uh, the French colonial authorities take it, take the other half from him, uh, and then just hold on to it. And it was turned over to the Ijumia, uh as part of the surrender agreement to the Japanese Empire. Yes. And, uh, you know, I don't want to go into all of it because it's not a short article, but also I think this is, like, a lot of good historical narratives you know the the juices in the actual event so uh it describes a fairly lengthy but fascinating historical event which illustrates both the failures in my opinion of colonial imperialism and weapons development but it also does a pretty interesting job of fleshing out the idea of fifthism by the descriptions around this object it's not even so much that the people trying to use it are fifthists but the things that it can do uh and how it is used really does a really good job of of quote-unquote fleshing out the concepts at the core of fifthism i think yeah and I, I think one of the cool things that it does in addition to that is 
I mean, you already talked about the fact that it deals with colonialism. It does so overtly, but it also does so in the format because the format does a thing that academics, armchair academics especially, like the foundation in this case, just love to do, which is find the first white guy who lives near you who will talk about the thing and ask them what happened. And in this case, that's what they did with Burnley, who was there for a lot of it. They talked to Burnley and they went, all right, here's what Burnley thinks. At the end, they talked to somebody from Vietnam, and they basically go, well, that's what Burnley thinks happens, and you've just built this big orthodoxy around what Burnley said happens. You didn't ask the people from Vietnam. You've created an orthodoxy out of Burnley's testimony, and that's just one way of looking at the truth, which is, of course, a complete failure to do what Burnley was doing, which is to examine all of these different perspectives, these heresies. You've basically... Um, made an orthodoxy out of the heresiographer's version of events. And it's talking about how multiple perspectives are what informs whatever the truth is, but the foundation is just like, no, there's one truth, and it's what our informant told us. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's incredible to see this huge, fifthest, ever-growing spiral tower of insanity also telling you an interesting little thing about critical thinking and the production of history. we got some real intelligent right. shit on this website, man. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 the prop the 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 way that propaganda is like uh, even unconsciously shaped, you know, like like you said, it's it's asking the the nearest white intellectual about it, and so even it wasn't even intentionally trying to color the foundation's perspective on it. They're not going into it trying to say, hey, this is what we should impose our truth on, right. but it's like unconsciously saying, hey, the only person that we would trust to explain this is a person that looks like us. Right. Or, you know, who's to say that the person, Dr. Maxwell, is yeah, a, a yeah. white person as well, but you kind of read into Someone that. who thinks the way we think is essentially, sure. has the same yeah. experiences, and like, well, what, what do they think? Um, in, in Gaffsey's response to the gift, he was actually quite impressed, he said, I would never think to relate fifthism's reality-bending madness to colonialism's truth-garbling horrors, but he was very, very pleased to get an article that did that, and it does it in multiple senses, because the way Ijamiya uses it, because they're very imperial in, in the Japanese state sort of sense of, of right. things, it's, it's an imperial Japanese state fifthus monstrosity that's then later interpreted by the foundation's imperial colonial academic scientific interpretation and it's just this great big web of of craziness and fifthism is is not the lens that most people would have chosen to approach that with but of course it was done perfectly because it was done by tufto yeah very incredibly talented um also i think that it makes perfect sense hmm? to use fifthism to describe uh sort of the subtle ways that like unconscious bias inform both the collection of history and the defining of the way that the world works oh, yeah. because you know get right down to it get intellectual here for a second what the fuck is truth like mm -hmm. you know like we can read a history book and the most horrifying thing that you should ever experience as you grow up is realizing the history books that you grew up reading Sort of full of shit. Yeah, they had the uh, the Coles notes too long, didn't read version, and they also tried to to tell you a version of the world that made you feel okay about continuing to grow up in it, and that universally is not the whole story. And the parts they left out were quite important and disturbing. Yeah, not SCP related, uh, but my first semester of community college, I think yeah. I 
I read a book called Howard Zinn's The uh, People's History of the United States. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, a fairly famous book that he's updated over the decades. Um, and wow, that, that, that book just, just ruins your whole view hmm. of, of if you're an American citizen, uh, what, how, how much of monsters we are. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's not just about us. It, can, it really does show how just everything is sort of full of shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, like uh, in Canada, the residential school situation where we scooped up a whole entire oh. ent- entire ethnicity's worth of children and stuck them in schools mm-hmm. to, catch t- to catch tuberculosis and died. We didn't hear about that in school for ages. And now you're hearing about it in the news. It's actually becoming worldwide news because... Yeah, I just saw something. Eventually, like horrors will out. Eventually. Um, but when I was doing my graduate school, we had a, uh, an exchange student from Ireland. And because this was PhD classes, we'd already learned all of this stuff in our masters, but he was coming over from Ireland and Canada did a genocide, not something he'd heard in Ireland. So <laughs> we had readings on this and then he came in that week for the readings and he was the first person to, to want to talk about them. And his first comment was, okay, guys, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. These, these, these but secrets in, but that are charming Irish accent. I'm sure. Yes. I'm not even going to attempt it because that will be no, racist. No. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's terrible. Um, but yeah, it's this, it's these underlying histories of, of um, oppression and violence and such that only if you are extraordinarily sensitive to the context should you turn into fiction, especially uh, um, violence and, yeah. and such. But in this case, it was come at from exactly the right angle and handled spectacularly well. It's it's a great article. Yeah, I think the best, and a lesson for anybody that wants to write an article or a story or a movie about, um, you know, injustice, about injustice to to a group that you are not directly a part mm. of, um, which you can do. Like, that is something that is doable. The problem is assuming that because you're an ally or because you are progressive or whatever, that you can treat something with respect without, you know, decades uh, and centuries before you were born of like unconscious bias affecting you is that you need to like have a good handle on the events that you wanted to depict like you said sensitive to it but then also I think the reason that this does such a good job is it does not dwell on the sickening aspects of colonialism to titillate or to shock right and it also does not justify any horrible things right. done by human beings as an anomaly right. made them do it which is the kind of shit right. we see come up in the idea forums every once in a while. Like, it's a Gestapo helmet yeah. that caused the Holocaust. It's like, no, human perversity caused the Holocaust. Thanks. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, people talking about tragedies and great injustices in fiction have to be pretty careful uh, in general. Yes, the, the advice for the vast majority of human beings writing is don't because you aren't nuanced enough yeah. for it. You have to be really practiced in handling things right. with nuance to, to to handle topics like this. I, I mean, I think you've done it pretty well in some of your articles. Well, I did. It, I did. It, I did in fifty four ninety four. I did it as um, I did a very minor little case of cultural appropriation. Although I described the culturally appropriated object precise right. <laughs> precisely the way that the culture that owns it described it, and the purpose of that article was to depict a bunch of cultural appropriators being eaten by underwater cats because the message was <laughs> I just did this to say don't fucking do this which I felt was justified right. but I haven't done right. but I wouldn't and, do I it mean, again I think that's but that's like a way around I think it's why when people are like just don't do it well okay hold on 
Yeah. How is it going to be used, right? Like, if you're going to tell a story about a native people uh, in the Americas, or if you want to tell a story about a different culture, how do you plan on doing it? Right. If it's going to otherize, like, if it's going to set aside, set apart these people, these real life people, and just make them some supernatural creature or entity or the subject of some curse, don't do it. No. And if you're going to take their stories. Um, right. from people who've already had everything over the course of hundreds of years progressively taken away mm-hmm. from them. You, you don't want to keep taking things away from them. You also don't right. want to pay, paint human beings as agency, agency-less victims who can only have bad things happen to them because people don't want to hear that about themselves either. You have to have a sensitivity to it. You have to understand where the limits are and you have to understand whether you have the right to be telling these stories in the first place. It's always a little bit more nuanced when you're dealing with stories of oppression and, and, and people having things taken from them. And you just have to be cognizant of the fact that not every story can be fairly told the way you want to tell it when it's about people who aren't like you. Yeah, I mean, it's really important to write from perspectives that are not just your own, but like at the same time, that doesn't mean that you should be able to say, oh, I can write from this perspective. No. You know, it's, yeah. we've seen it in Hollywood where we see actors or actresses that are not the ethnicity of a character that are like well i could play that role it's like <laughs> uh maybe but should you yeah exactly it's the fact that you can does not necessarily mean that it is morally correct for you to do it and interestingly even though this this tangent was not planned <laughs> this kind of swings nicely into land of honey which is the next article i want to talk about. yes indeed uh because it's talking about immigrants uh it's talking about irish immigrants uh-huh. uh to new york city in in the early 1900s but you know that is absolutely even though it's very easy to say well they're you know they're they're white well no they you know that who cares not in this time period modern, they, were, they were not yeah, considered <laughs> modern exactly modern conceptions uh of what an immigrant experience is and what that background is has nothing to do with how somebody a hundred years ago more than a hundred years ago uh you know experienced it yeah but this this article which was written by kindly turtle clam and lieutenant flops uh, Flops, who is friends to, with both of yes. us, uh, and incredibly talented. Uh, Clem, who I only briefly knew before they left the wiki, but was very talented as well, uh, wrote this article together. It, it looks like multiple articles, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what what in you know the, on the wiki is uses offsets. I'm not going to get into the technical stuff of it because <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, it's, it's but, extraordinarily <laughs> complex. It's way more complex than you would think it was. <laughs> Uh, it, you know, gets into the whole coding thing that some people are really good at, uh, but not me. It basically means that you click a button on the article and it turns into something else yeah. using uh, HTML. Well, CSS tricks. Yeah. Uh, and basically, it's just different. It's like three or four uh, snippets of this overall story, which at first focuses on an Irish immigrant uh, who's looking for his sister, and it's all written like an epistolary. Epistola- epistolary. Thank you. What the hell just happened? <laughs> uh, novel in which it's all letters. And so it's all from this individual who uh, is writing back home to his mother, explaining how, <laughs> hey, by the way, this is not the land of honey. I don't know what our sister, my sister was talking about, but this place sucks. Yes. It's dirty. Uh, it's horrible. I don't have any money to send to you, even though I'm working all the time because he's you know working in a factory. And... What he does notice, because he keeps on trying to find his sister, but it is New York City, and even in 1915, there was a shit ton of people there, uh, he discovers a secret club, which is nearby, I think, the factory he works in, uh, 
where people knock five times to get in. And he thinks his sister might get in there. And so he decides he's going to try uh, and get into this club. And it ends and well. And then you, <laughs> you click on the button and it switches to a newspaper article in which it explains that there was a satanic cult in Harlem, which was where this was uh, located, this club. Uh, and eight bodies are found, although they can't find the ninth. Um, and first of all, it turns out, well, there actually is nine bodies, but they're talking about the ninth woman uh, who was in there. So uh, when police were called to the scene of this club, they found this poor kid uh, dead at the door. It, it seems like he didn't even make it past the door. Yep. Uh, and inside the club are eight uh, women who have been killed. And there was there's reference to the fact that there was another woman, uh, but she's not there. Uh, and then it follows up with a series of letters back and forth between these gangster types, and it turns out the club belonged to the Five Point Gang, which is a real thing, and if you have ever watched, like, Gangs in New York, uh, it was the Five Points, which was a specific location on Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And then it switches perspective again to being a report from the UIU agent on the Five Point Gang's leader, who is, interestingly enough, joining together Fifthest Cults and Artothan, uh, which is the second High Toth, the Church of the Second High Toth, which is another GOI, which we'll cover at some point. Uh, believers, in order to create a ley line through and the New York City, and then literally become a god. So he's just trying to get all these different supernatural cults, and he is a gang leader, and he wants to like absorb their worship or their efforts to then, you know, do apotheosis and become a god. Yeah, an anthology of hectic, angry stars screaming into the night. And like all Fifthest articles, uh, it has some real good nonsense in there. Yeah, you thought I was done interjecting the nonsense, but it was yeah. only temporary because Tuftos was so c coherent. Yeah, 5580 by Tuftos doesn't have uh, any of those really insane moments, I think. No, it's got other, it's got other uh, stuff on its mind. But Land of Honey by Kindly Turtle Clem and Lieutenant Flops, uh, I really think it's an excellent example of like mixing historical fiction with fanaticism and like the potential violence of both like organized crime in, in the way that like Godfather portrays it, but then also like the violence in like organized religion. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's really compelling, and it's it's actually a short read, even though it seems like there's multiple pages to it. It's it's a very quick read, and it's really worth your time. Yeah, especially the way that it switches between formats, between the letter, and then it goes to an unusual incidents right. unit's dossier, and then it switches back to uh, to correspondence and a newspaper. It's the mixed media approach is, is really cool and it's really well done here. Yeah, it's really it's it's told from all these different perspectives, but none of the perspectives are interested in talking directly to the the reader. There's almost no exposition yeah. uh, except for the stuff in the file, I would say in the UIU file, and that is clearly not written specifically for a reader, but written for like superiors, Yeah, like in this fictional universe, and so it really feels like you're getting kind of like Case Cold Harper when we talked about GOI. It's all these different perspectives that are telling us a teensy bit of the story that allows us to sort of paint a flawed understanding of what happened. Right. It's The epistolary format is great for this. I mean, it's the, the yeah. roots of history. Roots of history. I'm always stuck on the word history because me. Uh, the roots of horror are in this format. The roots of horror are in this format. Dracula is an epistolary novel and it allows you to piece this story together by presenting documents in a specific order to create a certain effect in your brain. And it's, it's a really effective way of doing things. Yeah, recently a friend of mine um, 
who has read some of my stuff, who is not involved with the wiki, asked me if I thought that SCP was like the modern epistolary uh, novel. And, you know, it kind of is. It totally is. It it is all these different perspectives and reports that tell a uh, hopefully cohesive story while leaving out certain bits of it. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, So we've got a few more articles we want to cover. So one of them is... 5800 uh, called The Fifth Gate, which I liked because it reminded me of a movie by a dickhead that I like uh, <clears throat> called The Ninth Gate. Don't watch it because he's a dickhead, but that is a good movie. Anyway, uh, A Fifth Gate, uh, The Fifth Gate by Not a Seagull and Connor McWarren. I believe Not a Seagull is now going by Notgull. Oh, okay. Notgull. Yes. Because I think uh, everybody kept calling him Notgull, so we just <laughs> switched. Yeah, I, I, I certainly have done Just it. switched to it full time. I mean, it you know effectively communicates the same thing. That's right. right it's parsimony. <laughs> uh, so the anomaly here is a hypothetical alternate reality that is known in relativistic physics as the fifth dimension, um, and this is at least implied. This is a reality or another layer to the universe in which the fifthest entity comes from, or if there is even a fifthest entity, because this article is not concerned with that. Uh, and there's an aperture in space some distance from Earth that it turns out is sort of like a gateway to this fifth dimension. Mm-hmm. And they put, the foundation puts a colony, you know, research station, something, uh, kind of orbiting the aperture to test it. And they're able to come up with the idea that it's like an ecological idea space for extremely volatile abstract concepts. And what they mean by volatile is that, like, if you actually submerge anything in this uh, idea space, then our world will inevitably lose that idea. It actually is consumed by this whatever, uh, you know, abstract concept that actually consumes ideas, both from reality and from our, you know, collective unconsciousness we tried to excise it from the very abyss in our heads we tried so damn hard to cut it out but like a starfish it grew back <laughs> i'm really glad you're doing this really <laughs> i love the pauses as you just sort of sit there like okay <laughs> how do i respond don't all right uh, <laughs> uh the foundation falls and like literally the whole foundation falls and becomes something else because a this research station falls, like physically, into this aperture, uh, even though the systems uh, back at uh, Site-19, I think, uh, are saying, well, no, there's nothing going on. You should be fine. Uh, they're like, no, the light's reaching out. It's going to pull us in. We're we pulled in. We're gone. And then they lose contact. And also, the MTF Alpha 1, whatever, Red Right Hand, which is like a famous concept on the wiki, which is sort of like the mobile task force that handles the protection and investigation for the O5 council themselves uh, finds O55 doing of course it's O55 of course doing fifthest rituals where he is or they have uh, sacrificed a number of researchers and uh, and other personnel uh, to a fifthest god and they, the whole foundation, because of this event, and what's great is they say this is one individual who's doing this ritual, 
and these are these armed super soldiers essentially that go in to try and neutralize the situation and and all it says is they had like grave casualties yes, yes. which is like wait what happened there <laughs> generally the super soldiers don't sustain grave casualties when they go to fight the boss <laughs> especially because it's like this is like you know some board member like what's yeah. i mean what, what did they have well you know who knows and so the foundation becomes uh it's like the foundation protection service or something like that i forget the exact uh title but it, it becomes an actual different thing because part of the concept of the foundation is consumed uh both i feel like the article is saying both through the physical consumption of the foundation's uh personnel and then also this ritual that just happens to be happening at the same time uh, by O5 yeah. um, and you know it doesn't like give a huge window into what is beyond the veil <laughs> uh, into the fifth uh, dimension but it I feel like even though this is a much more recent article if you view the earlier fifthest articles through this light it really does a great job of presenting the concepts you know that the that the philosophies aren't necessarily what's important it's i mean they are for the individual stories but this thing whatever it is maybe it's just a space maybe it's an entity it's just this all-consuming eldritch like force yeah uh, that not only eats people but but ideas of people. yeah it, it does a uh, it does a good job of calling back to some stuff as well because there's the mention of the pink light which cuts back to 5580 right. and all the way back to uh, A Light That Died, 3005. And right. um, it, the fact that there's finally a fifth dimension article is also kind of a gigantic meta joke because the very <laughs> earliest fifthest article, um, 1523, is about a member of the band The Fifth Dimension who's been turned into incense <laughs> that you can only talk to by burning. Um, so it's about time there was a fifth dimension article about an actual fifth dimension. Yeah, true. all these series later, and and something that is pretty cool about a lot of these articles is this. There's another side to fifthism, which is the the interesting like artsy aspect of it and the hippie aspect of it. It's not all just scary cults, and the fun part is how they're all related. Yeah, and it's as opposed to like sarkics, where it feels like there's two aspects of this religion, and one is, you know. Uh, kind of a corruption of the other. That's not what it feels here. Like Famine Pulse says in the you know do it yourself tab on, on the hub, uh, these are like always different concepts and they always have different origins. But it all kind of fits mm-hmm. uh, because it's all being it's all human beings being influenced by this thing. And that's uh, that's a beautiful approach for something on a collaborative fiction website because it encourages yeah. you to bring yourself to this and include some part of what you are interested in it as opposed to having to write about what I am interested in because I started this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like the most interesting thing as much as these are complicated and dense articles sometimes and then sometimes they're very short there doesn't feel like there's concrete lore and there shouldn't be. Like because like even that one article where it's uh, the mimetic parasite which causes you to make up a new religion each instance of that was its own separate philosophy yeah. and that's like a that's like a microcosm of the wider idea of fifthism where it's like look something calling something fifthist doesn't mean there shouldn't be many assumptions attached except for it should be irrational <laughs> there should be some sort of charismatic 
if not leader, then certainly a philosophy of some sort. Uh, and it should be unsettling slash ridiculous. Yes. Oh, and there should be fives or stars. Fives, there definitely fives. Definitely fives. Definitely, definitely fives. Uh, and then, uh, to close us out, we were going, like I said, we were going to have Marcellus Reigns, but uh, he, he could come on. So we're going to talk about a couple of his articles because uh, I love these articles. Yeah, Mars dipped on us, so we're going to talk about him behind his back. Yeah, we're going to insult him. I'm going to say what a, he's a bad person and a bad author. I honestly wouldn't fit. be able no, to I'm make. I honestly wouldn't be able to make up an insult for Mars. He's one of the nicest people on the wiki. He's just a sweet dude. He's not only sweet; he's incredibly talented and underread. Absolutely, opinion, deeply underread, and he gets better cr- as he goes too. He's got some incredible late stuff. It's just he's really, really good. Mars has, like, I don't want to say improved in some condescending way, but the stuff that he's written in the last six to eight months is so much weirder and more interesting than the, some of the stuff he er, his earlier stuff yeah, he, it's not it's not that he great. was bad and got good it's that he was right. good and he grew as an author as all of us hope to do so he, he yeah, wrote some cool interesting does, stuff and then he just kept writing cooler and more interesting stuff as he went so that's that's ideal really yeah and especially because i feel like the longer he goes the more unconventional his anomalies get which yeah is really fun and i certainly saw that with myself too is you know how many times do you really want to talk about ultra tours <laughs> not that many times it turns out <laughs> yeah um he said he sent me one to crit a long time ago um about uh, just this absolutely bizarre one that includes uh, an exorcism in a subway um <laughs> and i don't mean like a subway with lowercase i mean capital s the uh, the uh, right. sandwich shop Right. Oh, yeah. What number was it? He sent it to me. Yeah, five six two nine. You want to see how great Mars has gotten? Um, five six two nine is one of my favorite articles by him, and it's really underrated. So just go read that with no context. Anyway, let's talk about these Caesar Winter articles. Caesar Winter's articles. Right. So these are these articles are sort of a duology, uh, and so we're going to read them and not read them, but like to talk about them in order because they do directly feed into one another. Although you could read them individually. And yes. Uh, so five six, sorry five nine six seven, which is entitled "What's your favorite idea?" Yeah, that's that's uh, that's from what, Gregory? What's that from? That is from "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared." It is. Uh, <laughs> what color is your creative thing? That's not a creative color at all. Uh, that's a paraphrase. It's not exactly what they said, but anyway. I use my hair to uh, express myself. <laughs> that sounds really boring. I use my hair to express myself. Go on. Ugh, don't hug me, I'm scared. So good. Yeah, now you're not going to know when I'm quoting Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared or when I'm quoting the random fifthism in the article. Well, I'm going to know. Well, you'll know, yes. But <laughs> the, the yous who are presumably not just the two of us who are listening to this. Oh, people are listening to us? What the fuck? Yeah, you'll have to <laughs> erase all of that horrible shit that you said earlier now. No. No. no, I'm good. Okay, I'm fine. All right, you're good with it. Uh, yeah. So five nine six seven instance. <laughs> yes, instances of the anomaly refer to five meter tall pillars uh, composed of currently unidentified musculature and eyeball like organs originated in Lindhurst, New Jersey. There are currently oh excuse me, <laughs> there are currently seven contained instances, which is pretty funny. But what's the anomaly? Uh, what you, the anomaly is that's just New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, go on. This is an anomaly for Jersey. Jersey's not that interesting. <laughs> Mars's whole site is set in New Jersey as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah he, I think he uh, is from that area originally. 
Yeah, because most of us just set our sights where we're from. We're not cool like Rigori, who's from California and sets his in England. Anyway. Yeah, and not even like London, England, Yorkshire. I don't want to write about California at all. No, who d- who does? Lots of people. There's a lot of books about California. Anyway, Can we talk about Caesar Winters now. <laughs> there, uh, there. Are, these are and these are these uh, pillars made out of people stuff. Uh, <laughs> they are seemingly made of human tissues and are capable of speech, which is my favorite thing. This is like drops that in there, and they're capable of speech. And what do they talk about? Fifth is ideology. Yes. Of course. <laughs> and anyone that hears the speech is essentially converted right there to the, that ide- ideology, unless they are wearing protection. Yeah. Uh, it allowed the commune, which is this group, uh, another fifthist group, uh, leadership figures, and the two are named Caesar Winters and Salem Steros, to establish and maintain control over the minds of local residents. So effectively i think at one point it says in the article that they're not sure how many people in linders new jersey are unaffected yes which is wait what that's a whole town. that's a whole city <laughs> yeah sure is so affected yep. individuals who are susceptible i'm sorry affected individuals are susceptible to remote influence by winters or steros and they're not and the foundation is unclear what the range of that influence is so oh. they can be affected from far away in, in unspoken ways by these two individuals. And they find in a ruined Lindholm, in Lindhurst, they find a ruined police station and a series of cassette tapes, which is funny because it all takes place in like 2018, 2019. <laughs> and there's cassette tapes with recordings of a radio show uh, called, I believe it's the same radio show, The Reality Sync. Uh, and yeah. it's a series of recordings of this that star Winters and Steros. And really, like most of the fifthism articles the real star of the show uh, is uh these recordings uh because yeah anytime you can get a charismatic person in front of a microphone that's also fifthism and make them feel right meaning unsettling strange slash funny although they lean harder in the horror i think than the funny uh that's where the secret sauce is i think uh, you've been canoodling with the sarkics in the abattoir lately <laughs> canoodling with the sarkics in the abattoir. Well, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Once again, we're on the uh, the radio horror humor thing that is uh, Gregory's personal wavelength. So obviously this article yeah. is a big hit with him. Uh, basically, ever since I wrote 5889, which is where Victim started, I have been convincing myself not to just write another one that's just random <laughs> radio shit. And in that one, there's not even any explanation. There's like no core philosophy to it. It's just six or seven different radio shows that are horrible and wonderful. Yeah, you and Dissadron just throwing these random weird weird radio snippets at each other with unpleasant things happening. <laughs> you know, some of them are all right. You know, yes, it's a great article. Self-help stuff that happens in there. It's a terrific article. <laughs> Thank you. Basically, the article starts off, and this is 5967, not mine, uh, starts off uh, as describing the anomaly and then this radio show, but quickly uh, turns into sort of a pursuit of Winters as an individual. And it, you know, it isn't like an action movie, but it feels like a series of really excellently plotted events. Uh, and so I think mm-hmm. people should just go and read it. The fun thing is that Caesar Winters, when he shows up in the second article in a, in a picture, is Mars. <laughs> Yes. Which, yes. just the idea that you would include a picture of yourself in an article as the psychotic, horrible, murderous <laughs> cult leader with a, just a brightly grinning face standing in the sunlight is 
fucking hilarious to me. I love that picture because he just it's it, Caesar Winters is this horrible person who's doing these horrible things, and Mars is just such a nice guy. <laughs> right. it's There's that, uh, and also he just has this like feeling of like purity and like fun in that <laughs> in does. that picture, and and yet you're like, wait, if I'm reading this right, this guy is a real fucking monster. <laughs> this horrible apocalypse cult body horror. Dude, yeah. It, the first one starts off with five meter tall pillars made out of people. Yeah, this is the character that you want to be, uh, you know, your author avatar, essentially. Right. And, you know, we're not going to spoil it. You should go read it. But obviously, Winters is not Neutralizer because in SCP 6032, uh, which is also by Mars, and his name, his author name is Marcellus Reigns, but uh, we just call him Mars. He who ti- he titled it "Winters is Coming," which is it's, that's fun. <laughs> it's it's good. Yeah. As 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 a connoisseur of pun titles, I am pleased. <laughs> yeah, your pun titles are really good. Although I get the credit for making you choose the best one. So. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. I'm going to leave that an orphaned reference, and if you try to say what it is, I'll talk over you. I, Moving on. I didn't say anything. <laughs> about it. The anomaly here in six zero three two is an audio amplifier which broadcasts quote an auditory cognitohazard in the form of a show called The Reality Sync, only spelled mm-hmm. C-I-N-Q, uh, hosted by Caesar, <laughs> Caesar Winters. Sync. Which is the same uh, radio show, I believe, like I said in the previous article. Or it's yeah, modeled the same. So. Yeah, it's the same sort of content anyway, yeah. at the very least. And uh, what's really fun is the anomaly is, and they show a picture of it, is actually just this unpowered... 1960s amplifier which shouldn't even be able to broadcast anything and anyone that listens to the the broadcast for more than 60 seconds becomes an instance of dash one in which their eyes are modified replacing their pupils with substance resembling a cluster of stars he's got an excellent image for this and once enough time has passed but it's unclear how much time and it's pretty clear that the closer the individuals are to winters themselves the, the less time it takes, these people who are affected will grow a speaker in their flesh, and the article describes it in exacting detail, uh, oh, yes. which plays the cognito hazard, and then they will try to relocate themselves to Winter's location. Again, the star of the show is the radio broadcast in the successful hunt uh, for Winter's, which, you know, spoilers, he is caught eventually, but the revelations as he's being caught are really interesting. Both articles do a really good job of exemplifying the idea of the otherworldly entity that we can never really truly know. Um, because here, it's a completely different thing that is always referred to as she or her. But you also get the sense, if you've read any of the other Fifth's articles, that this person's just talking out of their ass. <laughs> <laughs> that they're like most huckster, like dangerous cult leaders, they're just making it up as they go along. The problem is they have they're pretty effective. Yes, and Winters has got a very charismatic way of uh, of leading people on. Yeah, and all the dialogue from Winters that Mars wrote here is just you know it's as interesting and unique in a different way, the way that Phantom Post wrote uh, Big Horse Cheese, Big Cheese Horse. I mean. And then we were going to close out there, but recently, a friends of ours have been working on a project called Admonition. 
Mm-hmm. And one of them, and we're not going to go into it in detail because I feel like we've gone on pretty far at this point, uh, but it is SCP-6659. Maybe once they're done with the product, we could just do an episode on admonition in general. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're interested in what we've been talking about with uh, Fifthism, check out 6659 by uh, uh, Dodo Devil, Placeholder McD, and Azamo. It's part of a series but you don't need to read the rest of the series more like, to get this yeah, one it's more like an anthology sort of sort it's of it's an anthology sort of. yeah. that's just our, our plugging for our friends because that's a good article because a, a really it's a article. really excellent it's a great article. article and b it has some dodo devil is one of the <laughs> most talented artists uh and writers but one of the most talented artists in the community i'm not trying to like do a competition here but like dodo devil stuff is so unique and and they're doing a victim article now that I cannot wait for the rest of the, the, the community to see. Yeah, Dodo does these um, montage images out of um, public domain and Creative Commons old artwork that are just incredible. There's one in uh, 6500. Yeah, for the Emissary Path, which is incredible. I gave Dodo like a, a small paragraph of like, this is kind of what I want to evoke with this. It was like before I'd even written it. And I wasn't even sure what kind of image would work for it. And I just told Dodo, here's what I want to evoke with this piece. And they came back with this fucking brilliant <laughs> triptych in, like, the Renaissance Italy, like, painting style made up of, like you said, a collage of, of, of images that were uh, Creative Commons or public domain. Uh, I, you know, I just stare at it. It's so incredible. Dodo's yeah. ridiculously talented. In writing and in art. Yes. So Double threat. Go take a look at 6659 because it is visually and in terms of writing a, a pleasure. All right, so so I guess bef- guess that's the end of the SCPs. We'll just leave it a mystery when I will suddenly burst in with my final quotation from uh, 6032. Carry on. Oh, did, did you have a final quotation? Yeah, but it, it doesn't have the same effect if I tell you it's coming. It's just going to well, come when you you're not You can just expecting. cut into the middle of the emails. That'd be funny. Yeah. Well, or now. maybe just in the middle of one of your sentences. Yeah, could be. So we got a couple emails, yeah, and one from uh, pretty calm. I, I feel like Guari has sent, if not every episode, almost everyone. Uh-huh. And Guari says, "I'm quite interested in the fiftest episode, mostly because I know very little about the GOI. I think peop- even the people that have written it know very little about the GOI, which is why <laughs> that's it's the fun. beauty of it." goes on to say compared to other religions that act as groups of interest i also find it to be quite underwhelming as we know very little of their theology which they acknowledge is the point so i hope this episode changes my views of probably not i hope so too um because <laughs> you can't really dig in deep to their theology because no, every the, each article, article is, is more about how they yeah, yeah each article is about how they make you feel individually so all you have to do i think is like like fan post said on the on the the hub it's really about these irrational, mundane concepts uh, that escalate into uh, cult-like behavior that are unrelated to fifthism and become fifthists. So, like, I th- I could imagine like a bowling league turning into a fifthism article. That sounds like a good one. It does. Don't nobody steal it. Bowling. No one steal it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll do it on the podcast live. Oh God, no. Uh, I can't write on that deadline. Uh, um, so, uh, second email is from Boris, who's, I believe, the first time they sent an email. Boris says, I really like your show and the way it expands my perspective on the wiki. Last time I checked out Corbinic, it was mostly just the phone article and half-finished collaborative log of Project Galahad. So it's amazing to see how far it has come. 
Uh-huh. I can't wait to have my perspective ex- similarly expanded on fifthism. It's a very varied group. That's true, it is. Uh, that's mm-hmm. used to portray all kinds of religious groups. I think my favorite depiction is the pickup artist, which is 3512, as well as the anti-memetics division stuff. I often find the articles just a little too out there, though. Like, for example, the previous uh, 2678, <laughs> which was the Vorhole, which is now gone. It's not on the wiki anymore. The, the infamous Vorhole. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I read that article. That sounds like a great name for a band, doesn't it? The infamous Vorhole. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then he says, if you're looking for more topics to cover, I humbly suggest the tactical theology stuff from Spike Brennan to Rounder House uh, and Yossi Posse. Um, and Yossi Posse. Uh, I, and I was just talking to Yossi about this earlier. Definitely we'll get around to that. Um, but for now, I think we still want to try and keep going to GOIs because it gives us a good like series of windows into the foundation and, and the greater world, I think. Absolutely. So to speak to why we didn't cover uh, their favorites... 3512 uh, is an article that's pretty effective, I think, uh, and is pretty spooky, but I feel like does not delve in very deeply, in my opinion, to explain what fifthism is or isn't. And so I didn't want to cover it here, even though I do think it's a good article. And like I said, the Anton and Division stuff, at some point I would just probably like to have a whole episode on that because it's, you know, incredible. Yeah, it's the same as with... Uh, with- Corbinick. You don't just briefly talk about Corbinick. You don't just right. briefly talk about there is no anti-memetics division. Yeah, or fifthism. I mean, that's he, the he, thing is, you know, there. Are, if yeah. you look at the hub, there are like thirty or twenty-four different articles, and we've covered like seven because, yeah, you know. And I'm not saying every single one of them is brilliant or not brilliant or whatever. I'm just saying these are the ones that I read that felt like they gave a good insight into maybe not what is fifthism, but what you could expect from a fifthism article a lot of them are a lot of fun these are articles that if you read you you will get something out of it whether it makes you shiver or makes you laugh or does a little bit of both which is always my favorite shit as we talked about last time uh with alan resnick i want to watch and read things that make me uncomfortable and make me laugh at the same time (laughs) that's right you want to feel like somebody's tickling you to the point where you're afraid that something might happen i mean i don't want to judge your kinks but no no thank you I just didn't want to say pee out loud. You have to make it into a weird sex thing. I was trying to raise the tone and still make a pee joke, and you ruined it. You can't raise the bar and make a pee joke. If it's a subtle pee Mm -hmm. joke. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so the email, if you all want to send us an email, and please do, and it does not have to be on the subject. It can just be about SCP or about fiction or whatever. Uh, I'm glad to read it and really enjoy this part of the the podcast every week. The email is simplycreativepeople at gmail.com, all spelled out. It'll be in the description of the podcast. The Twitter for the show is at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. My Twitter is at G-R-I-G-O-R-I-K-A-R-P-I-N. He gets a little better at it every time, folks, my Twitter. This time on Reddit. (laughs) Oh, that's embarrassing. My Twitter, you read it that badly. My my Twitter is at Harry Blank SCP. So, and I spoke over. I, you, I, you I, say it again. Yeah, my my Twitter is at Harry Blank SCP. Uh, so, I don't know what we're going to do next week. Probably something in a one eighty from Fifthism, uh, something a little more grounded. But uh, I did, you know, a lot of people mentioned that uh, an article that is mostly just a song by DJ Cactus, You and Me. Uh, I did want to give a shout out to that article just because I think it's incredible. Uh, You know, and obviously, you know, DJ Cactus is one of the most popular authors on the site, but 
this is just like a really you know well-written song and i think the real shining stars the fact is that uh oboe band geek 99 <laughs> did a recording of it mm. and so because it's cc compliant uh i think we could just tack that on to the end of the show and you can listen to it as you close out because it's wonderful and beautiful uh, and i'll include a link in the description as well because ah. everyone should go check it out because it's really beautiful Ob- oboe is, is yes talented. so talented and you'll hear it. This everything oboe does is great sound like a amateur person uh making a song this sounds like a professionally made song uh which is really a really excellent example of a multimedia collaboration on the site and i think it it deserves some shout outs i welcome the silence (laughs) all right bye everybody the galaxy and feel the waves of our own energy everything will come together slowly quietly you and me we'll flow through eternity we'll stay up all night and wonder about where we've been and where we'll go what we've seen and what we'll know guided by the lights above us so on an open sea you and me I want to be there with you to see it all within you becoming a part of everything you and me have seen the planets dancing around Mary I dreamt about those far off things I cannot help but make us sing about the beauty of the skies and how we want to live our you lives. You and me, we'll finish our time here one day eventually. And when we're gone, they'll look up here, see us grinning ear to ear. They'll follow us to heaven's arms, so infinitely greater. Something that surpasses all our hopes and dreams you you and and me vessels on an open sea you you and and me i want to be there with you to see it all within you becoming a part of everything Just a passing thought I've dreamt about it Ever since the day You came and caught My heart I'll give you this eternity I'll keep by your side So I can be there with you When you lay down and die But don't weep for me, darling There's nothing left to fear I'm out here dancing, dancing with, the with the stars, and soon you'll be here too. You and me, vessels on an open sea. You, you and me, I want to be there with you, see it all within.
Becoming a part of everything new You and, and me Vessels on an open sea 